Hello, welcome to our service for the second Sunday after Epiphany. This again is a purely online service. We have 24, 31st, two more Sundays to go. And then if numbers in this area remain okay, um, province-wide they're terrible, but in this area they're really not so bad. So if those numbers remain okay, we should be back together again on February the 7th. I look forward to seeing you. Meanwhile, it's the second Sunday after Epiphany. Here we are online. Welcome. Gathered together in the Spirit. This Sunday, the sermon is by the Bishop of the Alberta Senate. His name is Larry Kochendorfer. Um, actually, the bishops of the ELCIC made sermons for all the Sundays after Epiphany. And I'm not using all of them because I feel like I should do some myself. But I thought it might be nice to meet some of these bishops and maybe hear from someone else. So that's what's happening in the sermon. I don't think I have any other announcements. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And our opening hymn is Songs of Thankfulness and Praise.
say the prayer of the day. Thanks be to you, Lord Jesus Christ, most merciful Redeemer, for the countless blessings and benefits you give. May we know you more clearly, love you more dearly, and follow you more nearly, day by day praising you with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading is from 1 Samuel, chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. The psalm for today is Psalm 139, verses 1 to 6 and 13 to 18. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O oh Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. That I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! I try to count them. They're more than the sand. I come to the end. I'm still with you. The second reading is from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 6 verses 12 to 20. All things are lawful for me, 
but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is meant not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord, and will also raise us by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Should I therefore take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Do you not know that whoever is united to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For it is said the two shall be one flesh. But anyone united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Shun fornication. Every sin that a person commits is outside the body, but the fornicator sins against the body itself. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Na Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Come, Holy Spirit, that we may see and taste the grace of God afresh. Come, Holy Spirit, that we might share the grace of God with others. Come, Holy Spirit, that we might bear witness with our whole lives to the grace of God made manifest and available to us in Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Welcome to the sermon series that our Evangelical Lutheran Church in Canada is providing for congregations throughout the Sundays after Epiphany. I'm Larry Kokendorfer, and I serve as the Bishop of the Synod of Alberta and the Territories. It's great to be with you this Sunday. It was a Thursday. It was a moment so alive that it was almost unbearable. 
It was so simple, really. I had brought our niece, Amanda, who was 15 at the time, and our youngest son, Jordan, who was then four, over to the church on a Thursday afternoon. And while I was in my office returning a couple of telephone calls, they were in the sanctuary. With the phone calls completed, I threw on my jacket and walked into the sanctuary, where I stopped in a moment of epiphany, a moment of revealing, a moment filled with the glory of God, God's presence, wonderful and mysterious. Amanda was sitting at the piano playing while Jordan was distributing communion to his invisible congregants who were kneeling at the altar rail. After a moment, he saw me standing at the door to the sanctuary and he yelled out to me, we're playing communion, Dad. And I looked at this four-year-old dressed in gray sweats with a face still partially covered with lunch and his face glowing with an utterly new discovery. He was sharing communion. And I saw a glimpse of God's presence, a revelation of God's work. The father, the pastor in me saw in a fleeting moment the emerging worshiper, communion sharer, worship leader in our son. Something so touching, so incandescent, so alive that it was almost beyond bearing. And I was changed, transformed. Is it simply too ordinary, too unsuspecting, too unexpected? Or is it too wonderful, this moment of clarity, of unveiling, of revealing of God's presence? We've entered the season of epiphany, a season of revealing, of appearance, of manifestation. Epiphany an immediate and meaningful understanding of something, surprising, sudden, profound, epiphany, an illuminating discovery, realization or disclosure, a revelation. What is revealed in this season is what it means that God became human, that God entered our world no longer satisfied just to be with us, but now is one of us. When that happens, when the incarnation happens, we change too. Our humanity changes. Suddenly, who we see ourselves to be can no longer remain the same because we have seen God in who we are. We tend to expect that epiphany is only about the revelation of Jesus, about seeing Jesus, of witnessing Jesus in various revealing moments. It is not supposed to be about being found ourselves, but, but John's gospel invites us to imagine that these can be one and the same. That is, seeing Jesus in those revelatory moments, those unexpected moments, is also when you find yourself, who you are, who you are called to be. In those moments of seeing Jesus, you realize your identity as a follower, a disciple. And you see a glimpse, and perhaps a new glimpse, of something you have not seen before when it comes to your own faith story, your own understanding of what it means to be a disciple, your answering of your baptismal call, 
follow me. Maybe this epiphany season might take on a mirror effect. That is, when you hear these texts, when you look for Jesus, when you experience these revelatory moments of Jesus, you simultaneously see something about yourself and ask, what does this mean? John's gospel is full of these moments of epiphany and of what following Jesus will look like. For this gospel writer, it will mean taking John 3.16 seriously. It will mean taking the witness of the woman at the well seriously. It will mean finding those who have been cast out of communities for their courage to confess their faith in Jesus, like the man born blind. It will mean believing that the Spirit is indeed your very breath as Jesus sends you out into the world. It will mean being thrown out yourself, rejected for insisting that God's love for the world and everyone in it, everyone, is actually true. The incarnation of Jesus changes everything. The revealing of Jesus changes us. These epiphanies transform people. Listen to Martin Luther King Jr., who we will remember tomorrow, and his description of an epiphany and his response in his book, Stride Toward Freedom. I was ready to give up. With my cup of coffee sitting untouched before me, I tried to think of a way to move out of the picture without appearing a coward. In this state of exhaustion, when my courage had all but gone, I decided to take my problem to God. With my head in my hands, I bowed over the kitchen table and prayed loud. The words I spoke to God that midnight are still vivid in my memory. I am here taking a stand for what I believe is right, but now I'm afraid. The people are looking to me for leadership, and if I stand before them without strength and courage, they too will falter. I'm at the end of my powers. I have nothing left. I've come to the point where I can't face it alone. At that moment, I experienced the presence of the divine as I had never experienced God before. It seemed as though I could hear the quiet assurance of an inner voice saying, stand up for justice, stand up for truth, and God will be at your side forever. Almost at once, my fears began to go. My uncertainty disappeared. I was ready to face anything. Martin Luther King Jr. was transformed by this epiphany, often referred to as his vision in the kitchen. Nathaniel's epiphany, in which he saw who Jesus was, changed Nathaniel, who then proclaimed Jesus as Rabbi, Son of God, King of Israel. It was a Thursday. It was a moment so alive that it was almost unbearable. We're playing communion, Dad. I suspect that most of us glimpse these moments of epiphany, of aliveness, of revelation, of unveiling, of God's presence, the Spirit's work, in the regular, ordinary patterns of life. 
in a blinding moment of conversion, in a moment of deepened awareness of the presence of God, in a moment of realizing the truth and call of Christ, in the play ritual of a child, through parents ever so lovingly showing a child how to swing a bat, through our young children singing, you are holy, you are whole, beautiful Savior, O come, all you faithful, in the hike up a mountain to pray, in a word of absolution, in an act of justice and peace, in a moment of sacramental meeting, when we hear the drops of water drowning and bringing with the word new life, when the bread in our hands and the wine on our lips suddenly acquires a flavor and a vintage which takes us out of time and out of our human limitations and intoxicates us with God. As we glimpse God at work, this unveiling, this revelation, this epiphany, we hold it in our heart and we return to life different, transformed ourselves because for one shining, mysterious moment we have seen. These glimpses don't evaporate our doubts or tell us what to do next. Nothing will be visibly different. But beloved people of God, siblings in Christ, it does make a difference to have seen, even for a moment, a taste, a glimpse, something so alive that it's almost beyond bearing. For we return to daily life, back to work, back to ministry, to family, to this time of COVID pandemic, different, changed, transformed, back to where mission and ministry is engaged, where the love of God is shared and where grace is gifted, where we're invited to live out our baptismal calling, to follow Jesus in the midst of our daily lives, to live among God's faithful people, to hear the word of God and share in the Lord's Supper, to proclaim the good news of God in Christ through word and deed, to serve all people following the example of Jesus, and to strive for justice and peace in all the earth. Epiphany is a short season. Expect to discover many things about Jesus and in the process, anticipate learning something about yourself. Sometimes the change is monumental, sometimes incremental. Either way, something will happen. Something epiphanous. Let us pray. Into your hands, almighty God, we place ourselves our minds to know you, our hearts to love you, our wills to serve you, for we are yours. Into your hands, incarnate Savior, we place ourselves. Receive us and draw us after you, that we may follow your steps. Abide in us and enliven us by the power of your indwelling. Into your hands, O hovering Spirit, we place ourselves. Take us and fashion us after your image. Let your comfort strengthen, your grace renew, and your fire cleanse us, soul and body.
in life and in death, in this world of shadows, and in your changeless world of light eternal, now and forever. Amen. Let's confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. As God's beloved people, radiant in the light of Christ, let us pray for the church, the whole human family, and God's good creation. Each petition will end, hear us, O God, and will respond, your mercy is great. Speak, Lord, for we are your servants and we want to listen. Help us to hear you and to follow where you lead. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. All your works are wonderful and marvelously made, and you desire abundant life for all your creatures. Knit together all that is broken and reconcile all creation to yourself in a new heaven and a new earth. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Raise up courageous prophets who speak your truth. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. You search our hearts and understand us completely. In your compassion and through, through us who are your body, care for those who are sick or are suffering in any way, and in particular, those we name silently or out loud, those we hold near to our hearts and, and those who have no one to pray for them and who are near to your heart. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Holy God, we lift our prayer to you in hope, trusting in your great goodness and mercy made known to us in Jesus our Savior gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let's say the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. God the Creator, 
strengthen you. Jesus, the beloved, fill you. And the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, keep you in peace. God bless you all. Amen. Peace. Be the light of Christ.